you're a regular listener to the show, you may have heard an episode recently all about band merch, about getting custom shirts made, pins, patches, stickers, everything. If you want to get that in Winnipeg and Manitoba, you should go see Scott from Divine Shirt Company. Since 2013, they've been supplying local Manitoba creatives with custom printed apparel, embroidery, digital printing, and graphic design services. So if you're in the market for new merch, why not come join the hundreds of satisfied local artists and small businesses and visit Divine Shirt Company today. You can find them on Instagram at Divine Shirts or by email at info at divineshirtcompany.ca. Hey folks, this is Monty from the band Loiter here. Just wanted to personally invite you down to the Beer Boutique at 910 Region Avenue in front of the new Best Western Premier Hotel. At Beer Boutique, we specialize in local craft beer and carry a large selection of coolers and ciders. We've also recently expanded our gluten-free options. Next time you're in the area, be sure to stop by and say hi. We love talking local brews and local tunes. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, you know, remote mode again. I, I keep starting off these episodes saying that I'm doing a remote call because I used to go out and actually interview bands in person, but it's been months now of this, and I think it'll probably be a few months more. So I maybe should stop introducing it like, oh, hey, it's a remote call because it's not a novelty anymore. But um, I guess that maybe brings up a question as where are you guys? Because you're, you're from Selkirk, right? Is that... Yeah, well, I'm the band is based in Selkirk. Okay. Uh, me and the lead... Taurus Orvis uh, actually do live in Selkirk. Okay. Uh, Mark and Rebecca both live in Winnipeg. Cool. Well, maybe just before we get anything started, because uh, I do have some questions about Selkirk as well, but uh, let's just um, go over who we have here and what you do in the band, and then we can sort of uh, put a name to the voice. So whoever wants okay, to start... After you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see his face. <laughs> you, you start. <laughs> somebody, start, somebody start. Somebody uh, start. Okay. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go. Okay. Uh, my name is Kalina Morlicky. I am the uh, lead singer and the acoustic guitarist, rhythm guitarist for the band. Cool. And I'm uh, Mark Bannister. I'm drums, backing vocals, and uh, cowbell. Right on. And uh, yeah. <laughs> you always need you always need cowbell. Uh, so who yeah. are we, who are we missing? How, how big is the actual uh, the actual total band? Uh, we're a four-piece, so right now we're missing, we're not talking to Orvis and Rebecca. So Orvis Thomas is our lead guitarist, and uh, Rebecca, I believe I'm saying it, I believe I'm saying it right, Gossel? <laughs> She's probably going to get mad at me later, but <laughs> that's our bassist. Cool, cool. And um, so uh, you have a record coming out in the very near future, so that's probably a good place to start off. I mean, I definitely have some questions about your band and the background and about Selkirk itself, but let's just start off by talking about the album. So is this the debut album from your band? Pretty much, yeah. It's the third attempt of the debut album. So the third attempt. How, can you? Uh, that, that seems like it requires some explanation. Like, what's uh, uh, what's been the process think, of getting here? I think Kalina can start it and <laughs> sure. I can finish it. Sure. <laughs> okay, so uh, when the band started about three years ago, we did initially record um, at Studio Thirty Eight, and we did actually get that uh, we had a recording there for a day, uh, about six hours, and then we also did mixing and mastering through separate people that was recommended through the studio okay. uh, we didn't like the quality of what we got um, it wasn't exactly what we wanted so we decided to go back and record next year okay. and get it remixed and mastered and we weren't happy with that <laughs> and then uh, Mark actually joined the band uh, two years in and then Mark can finish the rest of the story <laughs> because that's where he came in Sure. 
So basically, I joined the band. They sent me what they had already as mixes. I tried to remix it and figured, well, seeing how I'm new to the band, I might as well just redo all the drums. Sure. And if I'm redoing all the drums, hey, let's just redo all the guitars and vocals <laughs> and bass. So, And uh, they'd already spent some money uh, at these other studios. So I have a studio at my house. So I figured, well, let's just try to see what we can get in my studio. And yeah. the guys were really happy with the sound of everything. And, and that's kind of how... Uh, I got involved like drumming wise in the band and then so it kind of worked out good that I had a studio. Yeah, it's and, convenient uh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right in the basement. Eh? Yeah. yeah, those other recordings were good, but they just were missing a certain something that the guys the rest of the guys were looking for. So okay. and doing in it where you're not having to pay, you can spend a little bit more time getting everything pretty much exactly how you like it. So uh yeah. Were that's these sort of how is it the oh, same happened. same batch of songs that has been re-recorded and re-recorded? Uh, there was time? a few. I think there was about three or four songs that we re-recorded, and then the other songs were ones that hadn't been recorded yet. And then I think we had one song that was uh, like a brand new song, okay, sort okay. of thing. So, but yeah, there was only a few that were that we completely redid. So after all this, after all these uh, you know starts and stops and, and different efforts to record the, the, the songs, how, how do you feel about the finished product? I mean, now that you have it ready to come out, especially in this very weird time that we're all living in, like what is your sort of? Uh, do you think that you've you've kind of nailed down the songs the way you want them or the way they were intended to be recorded? I personally think they they sound pretty good. I'm pretty proud of what we accomplished with everything. So. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kalina probably feels the same, hopefully. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. Honestly, compared to, like, like I said, it wasn't like the, the recordings we had were bad, necessarily. It's just it wasn't exactly what we pictured in our minds. And then Mark came along, and we added a bunch of other stuff to the songs. Even the way we played them is some of the songs are played a little bit faster than they used to be. Some of them are played just a little, like, he just added a couple different things to the rhythm. Okay. And uh, really kind of brought it together there, too, because it was almost like, again, like you said, it was almost like something was kind of missing. Um, and then, like, so, yeah, he, him coming in and re-recording and mixing and mastering, like, yes, it took a long time and a lot of recording, and it was a lot of hard work, but I do, at the end of the day, feel really proud about what we ended up doing. Cool. And, yes, it, the songs do definitely feel like they're tight and like they're kind of what we wanted them to sound like what is uh you mentioned like you know the sound that you pictured in your head so what 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 is that sound like is there do you have a way of defining what the sound you imagined and that you've hopefully achieved with this record um now that it's about to come out basically at the end of the day i just wanted it to sound like as close to what we sounded on stage as we could possibly get it because i think like part of the issue of recording is trying to get the sound that you have and the energy that you have on stage. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then, and then when, when Mark came along too, it was almost like he made those songs a little bit tighter too. Cause it's not like they weren't good before, but the way that Mark kind of brought in the rhythm and the way that he changed things a little bit there just made it that little bit tighter. So when we went and re-recorded too, it just sounded smoother. The flow was better. We had an easier time recording than we did the first two times. Okay, okay. And, and I, have, I haven't seen you live, but I've seen photos, and it looks like it's a high-energy show. I mean, I, I can see why that would be maybe a, a trickier thing to capture um, that sort of energy. So how, how do you do that, and especially once you've gone over these songs so many times and, and honed them and kind of, you know, tried to get the, the perfect version? What's the kind of... Uh, the practice for you know bringing that live energy to a recording without having the opportunity of being in front of a crowd or or being on a stage when you're doing it. Well, I think it's it's kind of a lot of it has to do with the way that like Mark recorded. Like Mark can definitely explain that sure, a lot better. Sure. But uh, go ahead, there, man. 
Uh, it's just trying to capture good performances, right? Like when we did the drum tracks, it was basically keep them simple, but keep it powerful, you know, and, sure. and have it. So it's, it's kind of a good representation. And then the, the recording of the drums themselves, you know, keep them a little more open, you know, more room mics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, with the guitars and bass, same thing, just keep, keep doing it until that track feels right. Right. And sounds good. And then the vocals, most of those were one take with Kalina because she just, every time she sings those songs, she sings them with quite a bit of emotion, right? So sure. it really comes out. So it actually made my job a little bit easier with the vocals because it was like, oh, okay, that already sounds awesome. So, <laughs> you know, and then we, uh, another thing that made these recordings a little bit different than the last ones is there wasn't as much like vocal harmony in the last recordings, whereas okay. these ones, there's a little more harmony, which I find kind of fills out some of the songs and there's a few more guitar parts and stuff like that like we're still trying to keep it so it doesn't sound like we have six million guitar players right but basically get a really good stereo mix of a fat guitar tone you know and just kind of keep it at that right sure so tr we tried not to add too much to the songs like when when it came to like weird little things but i think what we did add to the songs really brought out the quality and the tightness of them and just made them overall sound a lot better than uh, than what we what they were originally getting so well i think that's one of the things that's, that's almost the worst about about uh, you see a band live and then you listen to the record or, or vice versa and it sounds nothing the same right maybe the record has you know 16 different uh, instruments that they don't play on stage on top of it or or it just the other way around too you, you see so much yeah. energy and it turns out flat so yeah it's a challenge right to to get that kind mm -hmm. of uh, energy on record but uh, i'm glad you you guys feel like you've you've achieved that because it's it's tough for sure yeah, we're pretty close with what we had to, like, uh, equipment-wise to work with and, and all that. So I'm not, not, not like we're at a huge studio with, you know, millions of dollars worth yeah, of stuff. But, yeah. you know, I think what we got, was it turned out pretty good, so. But it also helps when the, uh, it also helps when the sound guy that you're working with is literally your drummer, so you can just sit there and, and talk. And yes. not have to be professional at all about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's not it one of those. It's not one of those you can tell it's mixed by a drummer because usually in those recordings, <laughs> yeah. the drums, the drums are, are way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I play guitar as well and I sing as well. So it's <laughs> like I know sort of where the guitar should be and, and all that. So. <laughs> But you have an inside track on the songs, too, because you're used to playing them. So you know yeah. kind of what the live sound is supposed to sound like and you know which exactly. elements to kind of, yeah, to focus on and everything. So mm -hmm. that's cool.
on Selkirk a little bit. I mean, um, I see you wearing a merch hoodie there in the, uh, <laughs> in the camera here, and I feel like Selkirk seems to have this this scene that is connected to the Winnipeg music scene, but is also definitely its own thing. And there's like a whole series of bands that kind of are revolve around Selkirk, which is interesting because Selkirk is so close to Winnipeg, and there's definitely that that crossover. But if you had to define the Selkirk music scene, like what would you say about it? How, how would you describe it? Uh, the Selkirk music scene is really interesting, actually, because, like, I don't know if you know this, but there's only one venue in Selkirk yeah, yeah. besides the Legion, and it's the merch. It's that's the merch, it. Right. Like, that, that's it, yeah. So you would think that, that people would take advantage of it, especially considering that um, most of the bands that we try to book there, like, right, right now, currently, due to the COVID situations, we're kind of trying to work around that Yeah. Uh, at the merch there. But um, when they do book bands, a lot of them, they'll just, you know, they'll do for the door. It's a... Uh, it's, they, they don't require you to pay them up front. It's not like a lot of the, the uh, venues out in Winnipeg, for example, sure. like the Handsome Daughter, or doing like what used to be the Cavern, which is now, I believe, the Underground. The Underground, I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they all have like a, a cover for you to book them. The merch isn't like that. We usually just offer, like, we'll give you the door, and you guys can you know do your, your advertising and whatnot. There's not generally a charge. So you'd think that musicians would take advantage of it, yeah. but there's not that actually that much of a music scene. Um, the few bands that I actually started like noticing back when I started going to the open mics and whatnot at the merch about six years ago, a lot of them have moved to basically just staying in Winnipeg. Sure. For example, like Ronnie Ladderbrook and the Electric, really great. Band, awesome. Yeah. But they yeah. mostly play in uh, in Winnipeg now. Most of them have kind of moved on. So there seems to be kind of like like you said, there's an overlap, but there's an overlap in the way that like people will start in Selkirk and then they'll just kind of move to Winnipeg. Right? Sure. Sure. 
is there? Do you think there's a sonic overlap? Do you think that there's a? I mean, is there a Selkirk sound? As as I mean, I know as vague as that is. It, like, does Selkirk have? Is there something about the Selkirk bands that kind of joins them all together musically? I will say that a lot of bands in Selkirk tend to kind of be a lot more either uh, rock, yeah. alternative rock, or they tend to be some form of uh, punk or punk rock. Right? That generally generally tends to be it's either that or it's folk music. Sure. Which is, I guess, you know, that that, that happens everywhere. But it uh, that that the rock thing for sure. It definitely seems like uh, the bands that I know of that either play in Selkirk or are from Selkirk have have the alt rock thing happening. I, I mean, you, you guys as well, right? How how do you? Oh yeah, for sure. Is that how you define it? Do you think of yourselves as like an alternative rock band, or or do you have a better way of describing it? Yeah, I always hate when I get this question. I hate asking every time it. I get asked. <laughs> yeah, right. Every time someone asks what genre, and like, Mark, I'm sure you feel the same about this too. It's like you can't really put us in anything because we play a lot of different genres. Yeah. So we just say yeah. alternative rock because that's the closest thing we got. Yeah, or just rock, just plain just, rock, yeah. any kind of rock you can think of. You right. Know? But I mean, from what I've heard, you have, I mean, you have the, the alt-rock, grungy kind of stuff. You, you have some, definitely some punk elements in there as well. Like, what what are the, and I've seen even videos of you online playing acoustic shows, right? So, I mean, it, yeah, it yeah. seems like there's a lot of things you're drawing from. Uh, are there bands that kind of all of you collectively agree on as, as listeners that you're all fans of? Or is it pretty varied between the members? I'd say, like, there's there's definitely overlap on what we all listen to, and then there's also definitely bands that we all just prefer to listen to ourselves. Like, for example, a lot of the bands that we cover are bands, that, like, they're songs that we all collectively enjoy. Like, for example, we do Crazy Bitch by Buck Cherry. Okay. Every single one of us is fine with that. Okay. Well, yeah, as long as I've heard it before, I'll play it, so... Sure. <laughs> Give him five minutes with the video, he's fine. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that, that's good to have, too, in your back pocket as a band, for sure. So, um... With this, uh, like, I mean, you're releasing an album in the middle, or might be the middle, who knows, of a pandemic. How is that? Was this planned, like, well ahead of time? Or did you just decide, you know, I got to get this out, let's let's do it now anyway? Because it's an awkward time, right, to be, to be doing anything. Yeah, we were recording it before the pandemic actually hit. We were actually planning to go out to, we had a gig that we had scheduled out in Ontario. So what oh. we were planning to do was release the album and then kind of do a little bit of a tour. That obviously got kiboshed, yeah, yeah. but we decided that, you know, we should still move forward with the album anyway, because okay. we were already pretty much finished it regardless. Well, yeah, as soon as it was done, it was like, all right, let's release this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, after, like, waiting for three years, like, it has sure, been three yeah, years since we yeah. tried to put out, like, we, we were supposed to put one out three years ago, but, you know. Right, six months is nothing yeah. if you've been waiting for three years to put it around. <laughs> yeah, basically. basically. Yeah. So we just kind of decided that, yeah, we'll just go ahead with it now, and we have the ability to so we might as well go forward with it right okay has it been difficult i mean i know it's been difficult for everyone obviously this whole situation with the pandemic but i mean like you said at the beginning some of you are in selkirk some of you are in winnipeg what has the situation been like as far as being able to get together and jam during this weird time i think it was more the beginning of the pandemic it was like we didn't jam for like a month or so or okay. two months i forget how long it was but then as soon as everything started to kind of ease off then we started jamming again so and uh yeah yeah, like we definitely did weigh it. Yeah, yeah. You guys don't have too far to go, you know, to jam, and then mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm not that far. I'm maybe half hour away from where our jam space is, so it was kind of just don't stop anywhere on the way to jam. <laughs> just go straight to jam, you know. So yeah, and we yeah. were all jonesing because it had been a while. And we're used to jamming at least once a week, right? So sure. it's like, you know, let's jam. I don't care if I get horribly ill. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth the risk. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, and like the place, the place that we do jam in is literally at someone that we know's house. Okay, mm -hmm. and 
he's currently not working because he's a sound guy, so we know they haven't been anywhere. So we were like, eh, well, we're probably fine. Yeah, yeah. But we definitely did. We did definitely wait, uh, at least until things started to open up again before even thinking about practicing again, because obviously things were pretty bad there for the beginning, for sure. Yeah. Tell me it all falls 
I guess, how, how do you plan for the future with this, though? I mean, you know, this is kind of something that's come up a lot on this show with whatever kind of band I'm talking to, even if it's a you know solo artist or a punk band or a country singer or whatever. Like, the idea of trying to figure out... I mean, you have a record to promote now, now that it's coming out, right? Like, what does that look like uh, when you don't know if shows will exist or venues will even exist, you know, six months down the line if this stays bad? Like, what, is there a way to sort of think ahead? Or do you are you stuck sort of taking things as they come? It's kind of Mark a tough one. Like, yeah, I don't know. I would, I'll let you I would, take that one first. <laughs> I would say, like, right now, like, things are open, but you yeah. never know what's going to happen. But um, but I think a lot, of, if we do a lot of online stuff, you know, like through uh, uh, iTunes and promote it on uh, all the social media things that we're on and all that, and then when we do get a show, yeah, try to promote the CD as much as possible and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, hopefully... We're, with online sales <laughs> we can sort of uh like if we're playing shows or even if we're not playing shows we also have like the soundcloud page so if people sure. hear a song or two on there then they want to buy the album they can pick it up on itunes or you know so but in the future yeah try to see how this first run of cds go you know make sure that it, we can get rid of them you know <laughs> make sure it's popular yeah yeah and then yeah and then from there like yeah, just play as much as we can and and try to get people to buy it and word of mouth and stuff like that. And yeah, people downloading it. That's all I think we can really expect right now with uh, with what's going on with everything. So just uh, yeah, just whittle away at it a little bit at a time and hopefully watch the CDs fly away and then sell right. some stuff on iTunes and you know get a, a bigger fan base. Maybe do a video at some point too to try to promote stuff and. Well, maybe, maybe a question related to what you just said about, you know, building a fan base online and getting people to hear your stuff and then go out and buy buy the album. Uh, one, one great thing about the internet is that it, it allows every band in the world to, to put their music on the uh, online, have it heard by potentially anyone in any part of the planet. But that also means there's, a, you know, for every five bands there were 15 years ago, now there's 7,000. So, yeah. like, yeah. how do you sort of make yourself stand out in I mean this is a question not just for you guys but for, for any band really any musician any artist is how, how do you make yourself stand out in that environment where you know everyone is sort of going for the same ears but there's mm-hmm. I, I mean you guys are playing a genre too I imagine there's literally tens or hundreds of thousands of, of alternative rock bands out there maybe even for just sure. in the country right so like yeah. what is kind of the do you have a, a plan for how to make yourself sort of stand out above the rest and people to to recognize it and i'm not saying that you well, don't you're not good on your own merits but like yeah. you know what i mean like just it's it's, it's a weird yeah. situation where everyone has access to everything yeah well i think when people hear the songs i think the songs they'll do a lot it's just getting the people to hear them right right, so right. that's the issue yeah it's yeah so it's it's just yeah as much promotion as you can do some we've noticed too like we posted a few songs on soundcloud there and we got a few emails from uh from promoters cool. and stuff like that, right? So it's just pursuing little things like that as they come along if they seem legitimate, right? Like, could be some guy in his basement saying, hey, I'll promote your band, you know? <laughs> Probably half of them know? are, yeah, yeah. I think of yeah, every exactly. 100 emails you get, half of them are that, yeah, some guy trying to make yeah. money yeah, off of it. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So you got to kind of be careful with some of them, but but other ones, you know, if you research them and be like, oh, yeah, this guy seems legit, but it all comes down to money, right? A lot of times they want uh, to get paid for their services, right? So, uh but that's one of the things, right? If we sell CDs, we make more money, we can start paying for somebody like that and then promote our music to a broader audience, right? Sure, sure. 
sure. and stuff like that. So there's different ways around it, but uh, but yeah, we've we've actually gotten pretty lucky with a few uh, different radio shows and stuff like that where they want to uh, have our songs played and stuff like that. So you know, pursuing things like that if we can get them yeah. or find uh, send off you know a song or two to somebody or send them a link to the SoundCloud or whatever you know, and then if they like it, then maybe they'll play it, you know, on the radio and, you know, and play it on their podcasts or whatever. And then sure. other people will hear it and they'll go and download it off of iTunes and, you know, maybe something like that. So, well, you have, I guess, uh, you're in a different situation than say like a, you know, a grindcore band because you, you, your music is, is, you know, something that a broader audience could probably enjoy. You're playing, you know, sure, yeah. relatively mainstream rock and roll for lack of a better term. And so, I mean, like it's a little different, I think, because yeah, if you were playing something very abrasive or very like, you know, limited to a specific niche, uh, that mm-hmm. idea of reaching a broad audience is probably just not going to happen. You're going to have the, yes. you know, the five weirdos in the basement in each city who love that stuff. And that, that that's your whole audience. Yeah. But I think you have definitely the appeal to, to go beyond mm-hmm. that. Right. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed with this band from other bands. I was always in metal bands. Yeah. Right? yeah Cause yeah. I had, I had the long hair and a big beard and you'd have, I do too. You just can't see the hair. Guys. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's how we met, actually. Right on. Show up to every show, right? And they they each bought a CD, and that was about as many CDs as we ever sold, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but with this, I noticed like we can play basically any kind of show anywhere. We can adapt as well, right? We can do the acoustic sets, which we've done, and stuff like that. So our music is a little more adaptable, I find. And we'll have people, older people, younger people. They're at the shows; they enjoy the music. But we can also play with those heavier bands as well, right? Sure. If we need to, so. No, that makes sense for sure. Because, yeah, like, for example, like, uh, I mean, part of the appeal is the fact that we don't just play one genre. It's the fact that we do. Partly, for example, our song "Feelings" is like more kind of like I, I would say a little bit more poppy, but still rock, right? Sure. And then we play something like "BT," where I literally scream at the very end of it. <laughs> so, like, if, if for example, there's kind of something for everyone there. It's a little bit more broader than, like, for example, like I. I did initially meet Mark actually in his metal band. I was auditioning for it, so okay. like back then, like yeah, that's that was straight metal. It's more uh, like melodic metal, but it was still just metal. Yeah, which you know some people don't like that at all. They don't want to as I drop things. <laughs> don't want to listen to that at all. It's just not their thing, right? But with this, just because we play so many different types of songs, it's like oh well, if you don't like this one, well maybe you'll like this one. Right. right. So you're not limited to a specific genre, which is, uh, yeah, that's helpful, I guess. But it may also maybe makes it, I mean, I'm not sure if this is, you've experienced this, but it might make it harder to market yourselves as well, because you're not that one specific thing that everyone can yeah. just easily, like, like you said, you don't like answering the what genre of music do you play question. And, and yeah, that, that yeah. kind of nebulousness yeah. about, about what style you play is, is good and bad, right? Because it's, you're not easily pigeonholed and you're not easily filed away in someone's record shelf. Like, it's, it, it can be a plus and a minus. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. There's pros and cons to it for sure. But we make it all sound like our band. Sure. Like it doesn't, we're not trying to sound like different bands, you know? Like they might be somewhat different genres of music, but they're all sort of along the same line. Yeah. And, you know, they all have our, our unique sound to them. Yeah, there's a uniformity to them. It's recognizable as you guys mm-hmm. rather than just yeah, oh, exactly. some cover band taking a bunch of styles and yeah 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 so it's like if we do a heavy song and then we do a ballad song you can still tell it's us right and it's not like oh they're a metal band trying to do a ballad or a a, a, you know an acoustic pop band trying to do a a hard rock song like it all flows together nicely so cool
I've seen a lot. Like I said, I haven't seen you live. I've seen some videos. I've seen some photos. And uh, one thing I've noticed about this band is that in every photo I've seen, almost every photo, at least two or three of you are shirtless. Like what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shirtlessness <laughs> yeah. seems like it seems like a theme <laughs> with the group. Like even pictures you're oh, taking yeah. to shows in winter and stuff. It seems like this is this is a thing that happens. So I mean, this kind of a joke question, but like, <laughs> what is the story behind? No, I'm that? glad you asked that. I'm actually glad you asked that because no one's ever actually asked. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm probably the best one to explain. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. At least, at least for me, I know with Orvis, it is because he's also getting hot. But for me, especially, I overheat especially easily. Okay. Uh, to, to the point where the first time we ever played the cavern, uh, it was summertime, and I actually ended up getting so much, like, so overheated, I ended up puking in the alleyway Jeez. afterwards. Yeah. So for me, it is actually I'm so hot, I take my shirt off to try and cool myself right, down just right. a little bit like i'll go outside and just like dump a bottle of water on after the set like there's a reason for my shirt coming off but yeah uh i don't blame you for asking that question it is a little weird um but yeah honest to god it is because i'm overheating it's really right. bad it's not some kind of rock star yeah. uh, affectation or something <laughs> yeah it's like no i'm doing this to get uh more people to like the band <laughs> so they can stare at my naked body <laughs> No, I'm joking. It's really Orvis's um, pecs that everyone's right, looking at. Right, right. That's the, that's the draw, yeah. Yeah, he's the stud. Orvis is the stud of the band. Right. Yeah. I mean, when that man takes his shirt off, damn. Yep. But uh, like, to be honest, though, like the, that, the, there's something about a, a picture of a band that is like sweaty and and a lot of action <laughs> happening, and it, it definitely kind of adds to the like, oh, this band looks like it's fun to see live, right? I mean, like, I get that's what I get from the pictures is that it looks like there's you guys are on stage doing something that's making you so hot you have to remove your clothing oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah I uh I frequently fall on the ground after the end so we put the PP song which I mentioned was one last minute at the very end I'll take the mic out and I'll just jump around and scream in the band's face like I'm a jerk <laughs> so it used to be just like coming over to them on the stage for the last song of the set and just like hanging off and like doing screamo in their face uh but yeah no we do really just be all the feet really bad because we're just jumping around the stage it's pretty great yeah yeah so what are the uh, what are the details of the show? I mean, this is coming out uh, in a couple of weeks now from now, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, September sixth at the Park Theater. The Park Theater, okay, okay. And uh, that's uh, presumably going to be like a, a limited audience kind of show, right? Because I know I've been to a, yeah, a they're, show they're at the Park doing. They're doing 106 uh, capacity, and everything is obviously going to be seated, and they're obviously going to be following social distancing rules, yeah. have sanitizer available, and, and all that fun stuff. Uh, just to make sure everyone's safe. Uh, the Park Theater has actually uh, been incredibly good at doing the uh, procedures for COVID. They have been, yeah. Has, yeah, but with doing the seating, and from what I've seen, they've been doing a really good job, so I'm actually really, really glad that that's the venue we decided to pick for this. Yeah. I think Eventbrite's doing it. You can get tickets on Eventbrite on their website there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's limited ones at the door as well. Yeah, we'll have very limited tickets at the door, but we'll have a couple. Yeah. Sure. Um, Who else is playing? Mark, after you. <laughs> uh, we're having a, a um, Grotoku. Okay. I think is how she pronounces it. Sure. She's doing yeah. uh, like an acoustic set at, to start it off. And then there's a uh, Stone Temple Pilots tribute okay. that uh, Orvis, myself, and uh, Aaron Marshall Clark are doing. Okay. Um, so you're doing two sets? Yeah. Well, actually, November Underground is pretty much doing two sets, but the first set we're doing is all STP stuff. Okay. With, uh, okay. Aaron singing yeah. there. So, and then Clint I'm actually doing uh, all three. Box. Yeah. She's doing I'm all doing three. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. And then uh, November Underground is playing last, I take it? 
double duty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the first act is going to be acoustic. The second act is going to be the the full band with Aaron doing the singing, and then the last act is going to be November Underground. You guys are going to be exhausted by the end of it. But by the time your actual band Worth comes it. on, you're going to be... Yeah. <laughs> My hands are just going to be dead. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. playing Cajon for two sets, bro. <laughs> good thing you only have to sing for the last set. That's good. <laughs> That's not true. i got to sing for the first one, too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, I'll pull the switch on you. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you don't have to play the Cajon for the third set. <laughs> no, that is true. I don't have to play the Cajon. My hands won't get a break for the... Well... No, not really, because I play guitar. Gosh darn it! Oh, that's right. Ah, <laughs> no bank for me. You'll wear your fingers out on the third one there. That's <laughs> ah, all good. So for the people who can't come to the show, I mean, whether it's because of the social distancing and limited attendance, or they just can't make it, or they're in Selkirk, or whatever the, whatever the reason is, um, <laughs> yeah. what's the best way to hear the music uh, from that point on? Like, How can they get a CD? How can they find you online and, and stream it, or download it, or whatever they want to do? Well, currently, we do actually have uh, three of the songs on the album uh, that are on SoundCloud right now that you can go check out. Uh, we're going to be putting the album up on iTunes as well. And if someone wants to uh, contact us to actually buy a CD, we're uh, going to have our, we have our contact uh, information available on our Facebook page. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Cool. And you can contact any of the band members as well. And all of us will have uh, CDs. Uh, we don't have them yet, <laughs> obviously, because... Uh, album release isn't for another couple of weeks yeah but at that point yeah we'll have them um we're also looking into potentially um giving a usb with them as well so if someone doesn't have a cd player you can just pop a usb in your computer and have the cds right and have the cd as a memorabilia that's such a weird thing to, to hear if someone doesn't have a cd player it makes me feel like incredibly old. <laughs> i know i was so i was upset when they got rid of tape me too cars. me too then they got rid of ashtrays and cars <laughs> now, now they got rid of cd players and all cars the important stuff is gone yeah yeah it's ridiculous yeah exactly so sad brings a tear to you right yeah oh. yeah <laughs> so maybe just like to end it off then uh, about the cd like because of that had you always been planning on doing a physical release as someone who only listens to physical media I've, i'm too much of a luddite to get into spotify and all that stuff i don't even know how it works but um like I, I appreciate when bands put out physical music because i can listen to it <laughs> but but yeah. like, like you said i mean a lot of people don't have cd players anymore a lot of people are strictly streaming how do you feel about that like i guess personally as music listeners what do, what was your take well, on it? It definitely does kind of, like, as someone in the music industry, then seeing what it's been doing with the streaming and seeing how artists are getting paid with the streaming, it definitely does hurt the industry. Yeah, well, basically not being paid, yeah. Um, I definitely know that CDs, and, like, for example, buying any merch at all from a band, buying a shirt, buying a sticker, buying a CD, will support the band way, way more than buying anything online. Which is kind of why, like, we always just, we always had the thought to make a physical copy because I'm also someone who enjoys listening to physical copies. I am also someone who enjoys having that CD that I can yeah. put in the car or CD I can put in a CD player. And I also just like looking at the artwork or the pictures that are inside CDs. There's some bands that do really cool stuff with CDs, to be honest. Like, there's just some really cool booklets and really cool CD designs, totally. you know. Um, and that's why I kind of came up with the idea to do a USB so I can kind of mitigate that situation. So it's like, hey, instead of buying it online, like we're still going to put songs on iTunes as well. Uh, probably not Spotify because Spotify sucks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we kind of thought about that to just mitigate that situation. So it's like, well, this way you can still support the band. You can still have a really cool looking CD. And that way you also have the ability to still listen to the music at the same time. Cool. And you also oh, you have a free USB at the end of the day too. You do. You, you can mention yeah, the artwork too. The art was really cool. I saw. I saw the picture, and it looks looks awesome. Yeah. What's the story behind that? 
Uh, my girlfriend, Sari, actually does all of the artwork. Uh, she's also the photographer for the band, too. Oh, cool. um, so she's been doing art for us for the last two years now. And she's the one who designed all of the cover art, all of the, the CD design, everything. Uh, and she decided to do more of a, a kind of a Sailor Jerry style for the, uh, like, tattoo style for the inside and outside and all around. Okay. So, yeah, that is kind of the, the reason behind why it looks like it does. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I think she did a wicked job. It looks cool from what I've seen anyway. Like, I haven't seen the inside, obviously, mm-hmm. but just seeing the cover, it definitely looks cool, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's also the one that has done all of um, Mark's drum covers. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. all my, for my kick drums, yeah. That's awesome. So you have it, the, the cohesiveness between the album cover and the, the drum drum kick drum cover? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So just one more time before I let you go here, what, what are the details of the show? Just to kind of hammer it into people's brains uh, one more time before we end this. Mark after you. <laughs> oh, September sixth. I gotta keep, gotta keep handing it around. Yeah, yeah. September sixth yeah. at the Park Theater. Be there or be square. And yeah. how much are tickets? Uh, I believe they're fifteen dollars. Yeah, they're fifteen dollars on Eventbrite. Yeah. Um, okay. And yeah, it's at seven. And back yeah. starts at seven thirty. And the CD is how much? CD is going to be going for fifteen. Fifteen. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah, I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, calling in from Selkirk and <laughs> doing this. Yeah, podcast. we appreciate being on for sure. Man. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad people are still playing shows. Like it's hard, right? Because a lot of people are just not playing shows at all because you know mm. maybe people are more isolated for various health reasons and family reasons, or just there's not enough venues and they can't get one. But uh, I'm glad you have. And I'm glad it's the park too. It's a, it's a great, great place. Yeah. I think the music industry is really resilient, and at the end of the day, we're always going to figure out a way to keep playing shows in some capacity or some form. Yeah, which kind of makes me really happy to see that we're people are still trying to do stuff. People are still trying to get you know shows going, even if it's just on like you know a video call or something. It's kind of really nice to see that the music industry is like, no, we're still going to find a way around this this whole pandemic situation here. Keep that stuff going. <laughs> Simple reality 
what 